Welcome to Tech's Talking from Alpha Engineering. Hear about the latest innovations, trade secrets, and technological threats. Alpha invites you to learn from our team of tech experts. Learn how to navigate the explosion of technical advances at home, in the workplace, and in the market. Welcome to Tech's Talking. Good morning, I'm Patrice McCarran, and my special guest today is the president and founder of Connect Rwanda, Steve Hayes. You and I met at a Rotary meeting, and then I discovered this wonderful technology project that you launched in Rwanda. Tell everybody what Connect Rwanda is. Uh, Connect Rwanda is a nonprofit based here in Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, basically, our primary objective is to bring technology to the classrooms of Rwanda. And you do you go about it in a very innovative way. Tell everybody how that got started. Like, did you just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I want to do this?" Yeah, no. Um, you know, it it evolved over time. But um, the bottom line is, I spent a year in Rwanda in 2013. My wife uh, got a one year job opportunity. Um, It started through um, the Clinton Foundation, and um, they wanted to bring better health care to Rwanda. So it was a seven-year program uh, bringing U.S.-trained medical professionals to Rwanda, and we were there year two out of seven. So um, over we went. My my 11th uh, grade daughter went with us. She was enrolled in an IB school there which um, matched up perfectly with her IB curriculum here in Annapolis. And my wife uh, trained medical residents for a year in obstetrics and gynecology. And then you discovered that there was an incredible need for the schools out there to have technology. Yeah, without a doubt. I was, uh, I was on a men's soccer team, an all-Rwandan soccer team, and I you know, um, told them one day that you know, I was in in Rwanda for a year, and if there's anything I could do uh, to help out during that year, to to let me know. And uh, after a couple of weeks, uh, our goalie, his name was Valens, uh, came up to me, said he inherited a school um, from his parents who were killed in the genocide, and that would I please come and take a look at his school. And I let him know outright that you know I wasn't a teacher, um, you know, educator of any sort, um, but. Um, I had been teaching English in an orphanage for seven or eight months at that point um, as a volunteer. So anyway, I found myself uh, at his school and was just amazed. The teachers, very hardworking, a school of 1,700 students, uh, 70 teachers. And it was, I don't know, one of those aha moments where I was sitting in the back of this classroom during teacher training, uh, just listening to the you know, issues these teachers had, and they were just so similar to the teachers' issues that uh, we have here in the U.S. Um, You know, not enough resources, um, um, you know, pay was not enough, all of these things, and I just kind of chuckled at how universal this all was. But, you know, when we are starting to talk about resources, I found out for the school of 1,700 students that the school had uh, a little over 50 books for the whole entire school. And um, not being an educator or anything else, I still thought, you know, I could do something about that. So what did you do? 
Well, I, um, after our year was up, I came back to Annapolis, and um, really what I wanted to do was just bring get some books over there. So we've got a Rotary Club here, uh, the Annapolis Parole Rotary, uh, that has a Books International Goodwill um, program where they take in donated books and they ship them around the world. Uh, I told the Rotary my, my story um, about uh, Rwanda in this one school, and they said, you know, we'll ship it for you. Um, from Baltimore to either Dar es Salaam or Mombasa, but they wanted me to get it in in country, in continent to Rwanda, and at that time I didn't have the resources to do that. So instead of doing it through books, I thought, you know, technology might be the way, so it was a simple uh, program of going out and finding used uh, laptops and uh, iPads and things like that, and simply bringing them over in a suitcase. And that was the beginning. That's amazing. And and I don't want to jump to the conclusion and, and talk about the wild success, but it morphed over time. I mean, it was just a few laptops and you don't donate them. You actually sell them to the teachers. Explain why. Well, it um, it was one of those things, you know, the first few computers, uh, laptops that I brought over, you know, who do you, who do you give them to? Um, you know, Rwandan teachers don't make a lot of money. Uh, the public school teachers um, make as little as $40 a month and private school teachers upwards of $200 a month. So, um, so I knew they couldn't afford much and, you know, they would certainly be, um, you know, a, a target to, to give things to, but it just, it wasn't kind of a healthy way to do things. I, um, you know, I wanted the teachers that got the the laptops to, you know, have skin in the game. So instead of giving these laptops away, um, uh, we ended up charging very little money, but um, something for these teachers so that they, you know, felt ownership. And um, I didn't think they really could afford it in the beginning. But um, when this was announced, they kind of lined up to get an opportunity to buy a laptop. And then the school would take the money out of their paychecks, out of three paychecks, um, and, uh, and that money would go into my bank account at that point. And then with that money, once it started to accumulate, uh, used it to buy internet. So you go to a school that has 53 books and now they've got, you know, 10, 20 laptops and now they're starting to get internet and, um, things, things were starting to change. What were you feeling when you went through this? I mean, to just experience Rwanda in itself, but then to see the difference that the laptops were making for the students, what was going through your mind? Well, it, it was, um, it was a life changer. You know, we, we take for granted everything we have, um, you know, and, and coming back home and, you know, seeing everything, um, that we have access to just, you know, walking into friends' houses and, and asking him, you know, do you have any, you know, technology and laptops that you're not using. And, and folks would go into their, you know, their cabinets and pull out a couple of MacBooks and, and iPhones and, you know, that were perfectly usable that would, you know, donate those to, to the cause. So um, it was, it it was transforming from a personal um, standpoint. So today now, how are you collecting the materials that you're taking over? Are they all refurbished and you just reach out to people and ask them to donate? Yeah, so we um, we've um, been successful in a number of ways. Um, a couple of companies uh, have um, you know given us 
you know, little chunks of technology here and there. Um, we've had several schools uh, used. Uh, one school gave us a 200-plus iPads, uh, older iPads, but still functional. Um, so we, you know, we fix those up, make sure they're working before we, we take those over there. Um, and lately, um, I also speak in, in some of the uh, county schools and private schools here in Annapolis, and many of the students have taken upon themselves to actually do tech uh, drives for us. They'll go out and get uh, donated technology. Uh, again, we would then take it and fix it up. Um, St. Mary's was um, very generous with their time. They, they started a, a club that would rehab these computers for us and also uh, inventory them and actually, you know, bubble wrap them, get them ready for, for shipping. So, so it's, just, um, it's just a win-win uh, situation all around from here to Rwanda. Now, some of the teachers from St. Mary's, am I correct, uh, traveled over there to Rwanda with you? Yeah, so, um, so we got uh, a small grant of $7,000 to, um, you know, to, to do an inter- international outreach. And at that point, in addition to technology, you know, my other thought, our dream sitting there in that classroom that day, uh, that aha moment was, oh my gosh, how great would it be to bring you know, experienced teachers here and to, you know, sit with the Rwandan teachers and, and uh, you know, connect in that way, but also show them how to utilize the technology uh, in the classroom. So where do you see the future going? You, you continue to recruit technology. Uh, you also then take the money that you sell the computers to the teachers and put it towards buying internet for these schools. Do you see this as expanding into other schools? Uh, without a doubt. Um, first of all, here in, in Anne Arundel County, um, through the public schools and again, private schools, we you know have different programs where we do exchanges between students, but also in Rwanda. We've, we've taken on a second school um, it's an elementary school of about uh, 550 students and about 20 teachers. So they had no technology just like our primary school didn't. Um, so we have since brought them, you know, Internet and a handful of laptops and iPads to get started. So we'd really like to grow our network of schools in Rwanda, you know, really have this thing uh, blossom and, um, and expand it. Talk to us about the food component. You you are selling coffee. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It was another soccer uh, team connection, and uh, one of the newer players um, told me that uh, he he was in in the coffee business, and you know I was duly impressed because the coffee in Rwanda is amazing. But I told him I had to drive like two hours to find a decent roaster. And he said, you know, Steve, you've been out of Rwanda for a couple of years. We now have one of the biggest roasting factories, which I then visited and sat up uh, overlooking the the warehouse uh, and the conveyor belts and the -the state-of-the-art roasting machines. And, you know, he was uh, asked me what port I was near, and I said, I guess I'm Baltimore. And and then he said, you know, I could have a pound-plus bag of coffee to you for four dollars and immediately i started you know thinking about what a grading funding mechanism this would be for connect rwanda so we now import two to three thousand bags uh, of freshly roasted coffee um 
into into Baltimore. I go up to BWI or Dulles to pick it up. And then those are sold usually through our Shopify store or uh, many of the students have taken it upon themselves in schools to do um, uh, fundraising for us by selling our coffee. That's exciting. You spent Thanksgiving at one of the schools one year. Talk to me about that. You wrote about it on your blog, and it was just really moving. Yeah, well, thank you. And that was um, that was in the, uh, a school at the orphanage where I taught taught English. And, um, you know, these um, wonderful boys, there were 100 boys in the orphanage, and uh, the older boys, 25 or 30 of them, you know, I would routinely on a daily basis give them, you know, basic English um, classes. And, you know, Thanksgiving rolled around, which is a nothing holiday for them, obviously. But, you know, I, I just, I felt such a, a, a need to be you know, express thankfulness. And, and these boys, uh, it's really hard to explain, but they were just, you know, so thankful for the year that I was with them and, and to teach them, you know, the English that I did, you know, uh, they, all of them wanted to call me, you know, Papa or Father. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, boys, I'm going to be gone in, in months. So we, you know, I'm not your father, I'm your friend because I didn't want them to be let down yet again once once I left. But um, through, you know, technology and Facebook and social media, I get to stay in touch with a lot of those boys. So, so, so that's been a wonderful part of this journey also. You described what they would eat in a normal day versus what you guys consumed on Thanksgiving. Talk about that. Yeah, so um, basically they had... Um, uh, a meal of, of what they call pasha. It's a uh, kind of a, um, a wheat mush, and um, that's kind of their staple, their go-to, with some cassava or other vegetables added to it. But, you know, as far as meat and things like that, that only really happened once or twice a year if, if they were lucky. So, um, so, yeah, I just I made up a bunch of fried potatoes and some banana bread, nothing fancy. But, um, you know, they were so incredibly thankful for just, you know, that little bit of a treat. And you described the scene afterwards. These were the older boys in the orphanage, and then the little ones came in after the meal was over and were all upset that there were no leftovers. They started rummaging through the cans. Yeah, they they were upset. They were, um, you know, that they got left out because, you know, the orphanage is. They're, they're so used to sharing. Nobody eats anything there unless everybody has food. And, you know, I kind of, you know, did rock the boat a little bit. (laughs) I I really did. And it wasn't, it wasn't really nice to the younger ones, but, um, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't put together that much food for everybody. So the older boys, you know, I thought we would do that and we kind of closed the windows and, but the little boys, you know, they could even smell the food and, and were quite uh, upset at the end of the day that, that, um, they did not, they did not get a, a bit of that. So, Where do you see the future being? I mean, will you keep going back every year, keep bringing more technology? Yeah. So, so that the future is incredibly bright. We are, you know, we have teacher exchanges going. We bring Rwandan teachers over here. They get to see how we utilize technology in the classrooms. We send U.S. teachers over there during the summer so that they can sit side by side with those teachers. And it's just a, it's a great experience. 
Um, we're, we're trying to, we, we uh, have an, uh, an established makerspace program over there. We got a, a, f- a funding through the U.S. Embassy in Rwanda. And, um, and so we've been running this makerspace because in Rwanda, it's kind of most of the education was, you know, rote memorization. So there's, there's a real need for creative learning and these makerspacers are, are, are an awesome way to do it. So um, we are going forward with um, not just a makerspace at the U.S. Embassy and our primary school, but we're trying to get funding to do a mobile makerspace so we can take this makerspace, this creative learning concept out to the classrooms in the more rural areas. So we've got a lot going on. We want to expand our, our school network in Rwanda and here in the U.S., uh, we want uh, to expand the, you know, the makerspace program that's been incredibly successful already. Um, and we want to also grow our coffee sales to help fund uh, our, our educational endeavors. So how do people help? Are you looking for technology? You also want people to purchase the coffee? What, what, what are your recommendations? All what of, are your needs? All of the above. We've got a, a, a good website, um, connectrwanda.org. And on that website, there's, um, you know, there's, there's uh, a tab there that, you know, how can you help? Um, but yes, we are, we are looking for more uh, tech drives, uh, companies that, you know, would be willing to donate technology to us, individuals that would be willing to donate technology to us. It can't be too old. It's got to be working. Um, but we're looking for laptops and iPads, uh, even cell phones, anything that connect to the Internet. And also projectors, you know, once you have that, you can get a projector in a classroom that goes a long way to, you know, projecting images and helping in the education part of things. And how, how do people go about getting the coffee? Um, there's a link on, on connectrwanda.org. So we've got a link to the coffee, and that's a Shopify store. So so you go there and just order, you know, the, the number of bags you want. We also have box sponsorships which is 50, 50 bags and um, box sponsors. Uh, we've had real estate agents that will buy a box and then put their label on that, on that coffee bag as, you know, uh, to give to clients. So Very neat. When will you go back? Mm, um, usually we've got a, um, of course, the, the COVID uh, pandemic has put uh, kind of a stop to our teacher exchanges for the past year and a half. But um I, I do usually do a sponsor and donor trip in, in February. So if things go okay, um, we would like to do another donor sponsorship type trip in February. You showed and shared with me the successes that this program has had with helping these students raise their grade levels. And it's tiered by year. And it shows, okay, 34% in the first year graded at this level. Over a five-year period, their grades went up to almost 99%. What was your reaction when you saw that? Well, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, there was no um, intentional outcomes there. You know, I just wanted to bring them technology, you know, connect them to the world. That was, it was all from the heart. There was no, you know, there was no um, data gathering or anything like that. But to grow an organization I know, you know, that the data is important. And, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, starting in 2014, their national test averages was, was in the 30 to 40 percentile range. And unbeknownst to me, 
you know, as I was bringing in technology, these these scores were going up 30%, uh, 40%, 60%, 80%, and last year, 99%. So, um, so incredible outcomes. And they weren't so intentional, but but they are now. And when we start with new schools, we, you know, we, we gather a lot more data and, and what we're bringing and, and more purpose to what we're doing. How many students do you believe you've helped up until now? Mm, I would say probably uh, five or 6,000, if you include the graduating students since uh, 2014. And, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to dismiss the students that we help here in, in the Annapolis area. You know, they get to learn about this incredible little country in the middle of Africa. Many times they get to connect. And when we bring Rwandan teachers here, they get to visit the classrooms so, um, so there's quite a, uh, an, an impact on students here in, in our area. Whatever triggered all of this? I mean, I know you talk about the soccer game and whatnot and, and learning the needs, but it's a very unique platform for a nonprofit to do the technology, to raise money through the coffee from the country. And the fact that you've had wild success with very little resources other than the generosity of other people. What's the vision for 10 years down the road? Mm, I, you know, the vision is to grow that network, you know, to, to uh, effect uh, as many Rwandan students and teachers as we can. Um, and also tell the story here. Uh, Rwanda is a unique place since that, that genocide um, in 94, they've, they've just, They've just come such a long way. They're now the ninth safest country in the world. Um, you know, corruption is is practically non-existent there. So it makes our job over there so easy. And you know, the honesty and uh, hardworking teachers. It's it's just um, it's just a win-win all around. So you know, ten years from now, we would love to see you know our our network over there of twenty to thirty schools. And also, you know, touch more students and teachers here in the Washington, D.C. and Baltimore area. I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach your website. So it's connectrwanda.org. You can go on the website. You can see pictures of the actual students, Steve Hayes himself meeting with them. You can look at the galleries of the pictures a glance at the impact that they've had. You can buy, purchase the coffee on the website. And hopefully uh, we can expand your footprint locally and find more companies and individuals that can donate the technology to be taken over. Wanted to give a shout out to St. Mary's too, as well, for hosting the teachers that came back and sharing the story. I think you mentioned that um, Connie had gone over to Rwanda with you. Yeah, so Connie Coker is um, actually uh, heading Connect Rwanda, very capable uh, young lady, and she's uh, she started uh, when she was over at St. Mary's, um, helping you know even pack books in the very beginning of all of this, um, and she's been over to Rwanda three or four times at this point, um, but she's had a great impact as a technology teacher, uh, now an administrator over at uh, St. Anne's School of Annapolis. But she's she's been awesome. Um, and uh, a few of the teachers from St. Mary's also have, have had a big part in Connect Rwanda also. When you go to bed at night, do you sleep better? 
I do. I do. It's um, it's kind of, um, you know, it, it's 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 kind of all consuming at times. I've I've learned to, you know, let not let my emotions get away and and this taking over my life because it can. When you see what kind of work you you do and and how many people you can affect, you know, with with so little, it's it's really really incredibly gratifying. And um, it's it's hard to not let it consume everything that you do. That's awesome. Thank you for your generosity and all that you've done. Steve Hayes, the president and founder of Connect Rwanda, we would encourage all of you. And we all know you have computers and iPhones and an iPad sitting there not being used. Maybe it's just a cracked screen. You went out and bought a new one. Please think of of this wonderful nonprofit and keep them in mind for the technology that so many of us wastefully stick in a drawer and forget about. Connect Rwanda, teachers, technology, together. Again, Steve, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us for Text Talking from Alpha Engineering. If you have questions or a topic you'd like us to tackle, drop us an email at info at alphaemgr.com. Your digital world changes daily. Our job at Alpha is to simplify your job with solutions. We'll see you next time on Text Talking from Alpha.